Hey Juan, you know, the other day we were uh, visiting with a company um, and we were looking at their database of all their different parts and components and we were looking at their classifications and one of the things we saw is I saw all these items like screws, nuts, and bolts and, and they're all classified as parts of their article. Yeah. Almost every one of them. Um, that's a real challenge, isn't it? It's a very real challenge, Steve, but you know what? It's a very common thing for us to actually see. I actually saw this about a few months ago as well when I was looking at the same thing, another database, company was making these particular items, and again, the company assumes that because it's an item that goes into their product, just because it, just because it goes into the product, they automatically think it's a part of the article. They forget all of the classification rules, basically they just throw them out the window and they go in and start classifying everything that they have essentially in their bill of materials as a part of that finished good. Hello everybody and welcome to Master's Method Podcast from Zisser Customs Law Group. I'm Steve Zisser, a customs attorney and I specialize exclusively in the area of import and export law and supply chain security. In the Master's Method Podcast, we're going to share valuable trade compliance, supply chain security information and recommendations on the latest trade news in a unique format that's easy to understand, easy to use and apply. What we're going to do better than anyone else is that we're going to simplify those complex topics and concepts. And joining me on today's podcast is our good friend, Juan Moreno. Hi, Juan. Hello, Steve. Happy to be joining you today for this exciting topic on the number one GRI. Well, Today's topic is going to be about this number one GRI, the number one general rules of interpretation. And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about this most important classification rule and why it's so critical. I will tell you this classification rule, among all other classification rules, is the most important rule. And essentially, this rule is what we call the EO rule. And Juan, this really comes when you talk about the GRIs, the general rules of interpretation, which are really the guidelines that are in the HTS on how you actually assign classifications. It comes from what GRI? GRI number one, Steve. Basically, GRI number one basically says that where your product is named specifically by their description, by their descriptive name, that's what controls. Essentially, if you've got an item and that item is covered in the headings of the class of the of the harmonized tariff schedule, that's what's going to control the classification of that item. It doesn't matter that it's a part of an article. It does not matter how it's used, how it functions. If it's an item that is specifically named by name, that controls and is going to set the tone for that classification. Absolutely. I mean, this is probably the biggest thing that you got to do when you are signing classifications. You always have to look for what we call the EO first. Now, EO basically means what we call EO nominee, and it's basically Latin for by name. Just like Juan just said, if it's specifically named, specifically called out in the book, that's where it goes no matter what. And by the way, there are no exceptions to that rule, right, Juan? No exceptions. Many times uh, people believe that because it's something a little bit maybe unique to their item. thinking Specially designed, specially designed, dedicated to them. They're thinking, oh, no, 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 this is for my item only, and it's got to be a part of the article. No. The rules basically said that if you're named, it does not matter how dedicated, how specialized you are, as long as you're still that item that's named the tariff, that's when it's going to control the classification. That's right. Now, you can see these kinds of EO items throughout the book. Uh, you'll see a bunch of named parts, for example, items that are basically parts of other things. That means they're not 
They're independent. They're not independent articles. They really can't function unless they're put into something else. something else. Yeah. And there's a lot of items that are basically parts that are EO items. For example, steel screws, yes. uh, nuts, and bolts. If they're made of steel, those are all EO. They're specifically named, specifically called out in the book. I think they're basically in heading 7318. That's correct. And you put everything there. Um, if you're dealing with things like pumps or valves, uh, those are all EO. What are some other examples? Wire one? harnesses this is another one that I typically see. It's a Many people believe it's, well, it's not believe. It's really, they treat it as a part of the article, but it's an item that is called out, and it's specifically named in the book, and that's what's going to control the classification. Yeah, that's a items. great one, because those wire harnesses, basically insulated wire, whether or not fitted with a connector. So whether you have a connector on it, you don't. But once you insulate wire, we don't care what its application, we don't care what it's used. And in one, in that case, 99% of those are dedicated typically to an application. Typically, they're going to be designed for your car or your airplane, can't be used in any other application. And yet, how do we have to classify them? As EO, as basically where they're named, which is on their heading, in this case, for Wire Harness 8544, which specifically covers what you just said, wire insulated. So as long as you meet that first criteria, you're essentially done, Steve. That's where you're going to go and classify that item. And actually, this process really that we're talking about today is actually quite simple because, again, this is the first place you put it. If it's not named, then you're going to look for other options. Exactly. But once you get that named, you're pretty much done. You're pretty much finished. You've pretty much stopped the process. So it's a pretty quick process. And if you use this rule and you kind of apply this classification approach, it's going to make your work certainly a lot easier, a lot easier. looking for those EOs. Definitely. Uh, one of the things we certainly recommend when you're talking about items that are generally parts is you start to assemble and put together your own EO parts list. You identify all your common EOs. So one of the things we would recommend is if you look at your entire parts database, you would identify all those items that you've already classified as EOs. EO. And you create your own little EO parts list, which means- It's a great idea. As yes. soon as you come across one of those screws, boom, 7318. You come across a wire harness, boom. 8544. And you're going to move a lot faster and a lot quicker because one of the things about classification, we're looking to get some of your, get your speed up, get your efficiency up, get your accuracy up. You know, so many times, Juan, we see people classify and it's almost like they're starting from scratch each time they classify. That's right, Steve. And the other thing also to consider when dealing with these issues as far as classifications are concerned, the errors that we talked about initially where we saw a database where it contained a lot of items that were classified as parts of the article, if you were to go in and correct that, it has other impacts. For example, if you're dealing with, for, with free trade agreements, that's going to have an impact on the positive side because, as we know, Steve, many rules operate with a tariff-shifting concept, which if they're classified the same as the item, they're not going to shift and not going to qualify for that. that that's, a, that's actually a great point. Shifting from an EO yes. to the item is a way easier way shift easier. shifting from part of the article to the item way, way harder. So certainly in an FTA could certainly help you. So one of the things you want to do if you're dealing with parts, you really want to try to get those identified. Again, there's pretty finite list of items in the HTS that are EO parts. Now, in addition to EO parts, of course, there's EO Finished goods. goods. Yes. Now, one, I would say that most finished goods, those are complete and total items. Uh, that could be the, the car, the airplane, the chair, uh, a table, uh, the refrigerator, the washing machine. Those are complete and total items. A majority of those are classified as 
what they are, basically. They're That's ego. ego. They're yeah. all named. They're all they? named. They're all... The only thing that you might um, uh, stumble on is that your specific description is not the exact description that's covered in the book. For example, computer. Computer in the book is described as an automatic data processing machine, the old terminology of an ADP machine. That is, in our mind and in our language that we're speaking right now to you today, that is an EO item. Even though it doesn't have the word computer, if you were to define an automatic data processing machine, you'll see that it's the same exact thing as a computer. So that's just a little bit of a difference. And that's true. Sometimes the way you describe something may not be the exact one-to-one -one match, but look for something certainly as closest to it. That's a great example with that computer because you can look throughout that entire HTS book and you will not find that word that's right. computer anywhere, and that's going to certainly maybe mess some of you up. So with parts... With finished goods, again, you're looking for those EOs first. Yes. So first thing you're going to do, that's step one of the process. If you find it named in the book, it goes there. There's no exceptions you're to done. that rule mm -hmm. ever, ever, ever. So watch that because it's the first thing you're always going to look at. That's the first thing that customs will actually always look at in an audit. They're always looking for those misclassifications where you've misclassified the EOs. And like you said, most of the time, it's pretty obvious because you start looking at those descriptions, you look at the HTS code that's been assigned, and you said, uh-uh, it's the wrong one. That's an EO, and it should go to the EO classification. Exactly. Yeah. It just belongs there no matter what. So one of the things we certainly recommend, as we said, this is important for classification accuracy. Very important. Uh, you yes. really want to get that consistency going. It's also going to make it simpler for you in classification because when you're looking for those EOs first, they usually pop pretty fast. And once it's EO, you're pretty much you're done. done. At that point, yes. And and you're gonna classify, I think, a lot faster. faster. Oh yeah. You're and that's your, really your gonna efficiency be great. is gonna develop. So your efficiency, increase. your productivity, your performance, your accuracy, your speed, up, 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 uh, using uh, this rule. And you'll also have the ability to really now be able to defend your classification result more easily. I mean, it's great to be able to say to customs, how do you arrive at that classification? Well, it's specifically named in the book, EO nominee. So yeah, and that's a great point. So certainly when you're defending this classification, say GRI 1, exactly. done, done. Thank you. and you're finished, it's EO, the perfect legal defense, perfect backup, perfect support. By the way, you do not need to be citating to customs no. rulings if you're talking about an EO because it's described in the book, you simply... Put it no further support needed for those. Yeah. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us today on the Master's Method Podcast and looking forward to you listening to our future Master's Method episodes. If you have any questions, need support or guidance, please do not hesitate to contact us through our website at sistergroup.com or send us an email to solutions at sistergroup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Take it easy, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.